The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Raising the Bar. I'm Amy Bredo. Tonight, tonight, it's actually daytime. I have no idea what's happening. Uh, I claimed that I would do this show sober today, but I made no promises. Today's show, we are welcoming a very interesting, hilarious guest. Uh, You might know him from Survivor. He just got voted off the island, Scott Pollard. And you may also obviously know him from his great career in the NBA and his fabulous hairstyles. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing wonderful. Missing my hair, as always. You know, I, I used to have a lot of fun with it, and, and now it's just gone. Why? Why are you doing that? Uh, well, I'm, I'm old. You know, I've got the power <laughs> out. I'm not, I don't have the, the, the back baldness, bald spot, but my power alley is on my forehead. My forehead got hungry, and it keeps eating my hair. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I just I don't want to look like one of the founding fathers. So if I grow my hair out, that's what I'll look, I'll look like Ben Franklin. So Are I you sure you don't want to do the comb over? I mean, comb overs are cool and all, but I just don't have any black socks and a plaid shirt to match. I can send that. I can send that. I would be happy to, <laughs> I would be happy to send that. I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time. You actually have been um, – I'm really happy that we've been able to connect, you know, a few times on the phone and over text. You're hysterical. So I was really looking forward to today. You know, I wanted to ask you something. Um, I saw you had, you've come from a big family. There were six of you? Yes. Okay. So which number kid are you? I'm the sixth kid. We're big in a lot of ways. There's There's a large number and I'm small in my family. Is that why your mom stopped spelling your name? Like, did she just get to the first T in Scott and was like, screw it, I can't take it, there's too many kids, I'm not even spelling anymore? There, there's a, a very valid reason why. I, <laughs> I would love uh, to know I'll, I'll make the, short, the story as short as possible. We, uh, we, all the kids have four letters in their name, and we're all alphabetical. Oh. Alan, Carl, Alan, Carl, Lynn, Mark, Neil, Scott. And I had to be named, I was actually born on February 12th, Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And right. they wanted to name me Link, like L-I-N-C. And thank goodness they didn't name me that because I would have been called the Missing Link my whole life, even though I already looked <laughs> like a chief. Um, I wouldn't even have thought they, of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the good news is I had to be after the letter N, so that, that eliminated the, the, the moniker Link. And uh, I guess my mom knew somebody named Scott that she liked, and they just cut a T off. Uh, but that's the real story. The joke I tell everybody is that when I came out, my mom said a four-letter word. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and she couldn't. She's Mormon, so it's even funnier when you know that my mom is Mormon and she doesn't say four-letter words. But um, I was 13 pounds and 8 ounces when I was born. I was 2 feet tall. 
So oh. there's a reason why she was uh, really, really happy to get me out of her. Holy crap. And I can't say anything better than that. Like, I, I'm glad your mom lived through that. I really am. I really am. I am too. That's why I take really good care of mama. She, I, oh. I wrecked her body. She had everything taken out. Literally, uh, she made me in. I broke the mold. <laughs> well, thankfully, you weren't the first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's great. You take, so you're very close with your family still. Yes. Uh, certain portions of it, you know, we're spread out around the country. I'm, I'm closest with my sister uh, and a couple of my brothers, you know, with, with six of them. You, you, it's, I don't know if you've ever heard of the comedian Chris Porter, but he has a great skit on why people should not have litters anymore. Okay. It, he goes, basically, no more litters. You get two and maybe a third, and that's, that's a pass because you get one screw-up. And uh, <laughs> He goes, you know why? Because my mom's one of seven, and we got two uncles we don't talk about. <laughs> you know, I think that's in every family. Well, you're working on a litter, kind of. You know, you've got your three kids, and how old are they? I've got a 17-year-old and 13-year-old girls. I've got an 8-year-old boy, and uh, then I got divorced, and then I got remarried. And uh, because of our my little jaunt on Survivor last year, that, that seven weeks of separation, uh, my wife and I hadn't really decided whether or not we were going to try it. We had talked about it, but we thought, oh, we're busy, this and that. Well, right. we've gone for seven weeks, uh, kind of solidified the decision. I got home. Uh, we're having a baby. We, uh, we're, we actually, we're having a baby literally Friday, this Friday. Oh, they decided. Oh, my gosh, that's well, so exciting. The, the little dude, he's breech, and he's getting bigger. They are, they're estimating he's over eight pounds, uh, but he's getting bigger, and he's, she'll, she'll be 39 weeks on Friday. And breach, they will not deliver a breach baby anymore. And I just learned that. I didn't know that they wouldn't even try it anymore. So we scheduled a C-section for Friday, which we're a little disappointed about. We wanted to do it naturally. Well, she. Right. I'm, right. I'm not really involved anymore. I, I will. <laughs> you did your job. I have nothing to do with anything going on right now. So it's, it's all up to the doctor and Mrs. Pollard, who's a wonderful human being. And uh, so, yeah, we're doing it on Friday. And, and uh We'll, we'll have a baby. It's weird. I've never done a C-section before with any of my other kids. So this is uh, this will be a new experience for me. You know what? And it's and she'll be safe, and the baby's going to be fine, and it's going to be exciting, and I'm sure her recovery will be fine. She's a beautiful woman. She looks like she's in great shape, so I'm sure she'll she'll bounce back. Well, congratulations to you guys. It's really exciting. And Thanks. do you want do you want to um, are you going to share the name? Or are you waiting? You waiting for the day? Oh. No, no, we, we've already named him. It's it, their family name, so uh, feel free to laugh. But you know, you'd be laughing at my father and my wife's father. But um, his first name is Ison, and it's per, it's spelled like ocean, but with an I, hmm. and it's pronounced Ison, obviously. And that was my dad's middle name, and my dad's name was Pearl Ison Pollard Jr. And we're still trying to figure out where the Ison came from. We know where Pearl came from, his dad. Right, uh, but we don't know where Ison came from. We're trying to do some family history. We keep looking it up on the interwebs, and we can't find anything about Ison. My mom can't think of anything on Ison, but that's his first name. Uh, my dad passed in 1991, uh, okay. so I feel very uh, lucky to be able to include his name in, in my son and keep that name going. Uh, and then his middle name will be Robert, which is my wife, Mrs. Pollard, Don Pollard's uh, dad's name, and her dad passed in 2000. So we are both uh, missing our fathers, as we always will for the rest of our lives, and uh, we're passing their names on, and, and our son that's uh, going to continue their name and hopefully their legacy, because both of them were really great men. I know my dad was a great man, and everything Dawn says about her dad uh, uh, is that he's a wonderful man, I, and um, 
I can tell by the way his children talk about him and his, his wife talks about him, his widow talks about him, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as the family talk about him. He, he must have been uh, a great man, or people don't talk about you like that. <laughs> right. I think it's an awesome name. I think it's super cool. I wouldn't laugh at it, mostly because you're really big. And I feel like anybody, I'm 5'5", five five, so you could probably just like knee me in the face. No, I'm just kidding. But I think it's a cool name. And your your other kids have some pretty cool names, don't they? Yeah. Did I read? yeah my oldest is Lolly, uh, L-O-L-L-I. And then my middle one is Tallulah. I call her the middlest. And oh, my cute. son, my son's name is Ozzy, O-Z-Z-Y. We didn't Does he scream all the time? Uh, no, but he, he's really <laughs> mild-mannered, and sometimes he slurs. So I don't know. <laughs> Quit feeding him beer in his cereal, and he won't slur. Uh, <laughs> come kidding. on. Uh, I think that's uh, great. I'm ex- What's that? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, I just was sighing a loud caveman sigh. A loud, a loud caveman sigh. So I think it's great. I think that um, that's a really cool name. And now I, you were telling me that your wife has some Thai roots, correct? Yes. Her mother is from Thailand. Okay. Uh, and her, her dad is Italian, and they are just two generations uh, from, from immigrating from Italy. So definitely uh, a, a mixture of blood in my wife. She's, she's a food pusher from both sides. She's got the Italian side, so she's got that. She's got like some old mafia recipes, and, and awesome. uh, they're amazing food from the Italian side. And then she's got the food pushing side from the Thai side, which is also a, a culture that if you, well, you've never been there. We talked about that. Uh, it's a food pushing culture. That's pretty much all they do. Every time you sit down to eat in Thailand, they're talking about the next meal. It's, it's just what they do. So, Kind of like I America. Was... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 um, you know, I love Thai food, actually. Now, I know it's interesting that our last conversation, we were talking about a couple different things and how you um, had gone to Thailand, and we were talking a little about about Africa, and I'll touch on that conversation later. But it's interesting um, how the different cultures mix and how much you're going to be able to expose Ison to with, you know, all the different family background and stuff, but I wanted to ask a little more about your travels. I know I had read up about how you're still traveling pretty often. You're doing different media events, and I know we won't talk a ton about Survivor except for what's already happened. And, um, you know, what – have you just gone to Thailand, I know, for family events and travel? Or, you know, I know there's a lot of really great things about that area, but I was kind of interested to know – you know, reading about your charity work and everything and things you do for children, do you think you'll ever be drawn to do uh, more things over there just because you have been there a few times and it's in your family now? Well, uh, we, whenever we go, we, I, I have some friends over there that do a lot. I, I have a friend that owns a tailor shop, and that's how we met. Uh, but that, we, we became friends over the years. His name is Bobby Gulati. And uh, he owns a tailoring shop over there, but he, he has expanded the empire, so to speak. He owns a hotel now, and he does a charity golf tournament every year that raises literally millions of baht. Now, that's not millions of dollars, but right. it might as well be. He's actually helped open, I think he's up to 13 schools now. And while I haven't been able to be there uh, for the golf tournament itself, I do donate things every year. Uh, to the to the golf tournament, and uh, it helps raise money to to make these schools happen. So that's what I do in Thailand. And and really, I don't do anything. I'm just I just sign things and send them over, and they go to the silent auction and and help raise money. Bobby does it all. 
but um, you know, it's just a wonderful connection to feel like you you get to know people in other places, other countries, and I'm sure you have sim- similar stories in Africa mm. uh, where you 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 go over for maybe even selfish purposes, but then you end up meeting people that are wonderful that are doing things for other people, and and by proxy you get to help out, and and, and you know it makes you feel good about yourself, or at least that's how I feel. I don't. You may feel terrible about yourself, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even look in the mirror. I can't take it. I think you should feel really good about that. And I don't think you should sell yourself short, too, in saying that you don't do anything because it takes a lot to give. And for you to do it so freely, you, you know, I, I appreciate your humility in it. And not, you know, patting yourself on the shoulder. But I think that's great, actually. And I would be very curious to learn more about um, Bobby's schools and everything. And, you know, in a few minutes when we take a break, when we come back, we can talk about that. I'm not sure if you have that information handy. Or um, we can also have the listeners email us, too, to get that info. But I want to also encourage everybody to follow you on Twitter. Some of your tweets are pretty funny. And um, I was going to give out your Twitter handle because I did notice that Facebook is for family and friends only. So please, please take a look at um, Scott's website as well, which is planetpollard.com, and that's P-O-L-L-A-R-D. And you can also follow Scott on Twitter at scottpollard31, but do not put two T's on it. No yeah, two T's. T only, please. Four-letter word. <laughs> four-letter word. Four-letter word. Um, let's talk about the golf outings, too. I know you do a lot for KU, and we've, we've talked about Kansas and um, some other schools that begin with K's that you don't necessarily love, but I love that you, <laughs> for, the, for those listening, my daughter goes to Kentucky, so that was kind of a, a joke, and Scott insists that my daughter's education is just a really expensive, useless piece of paper, so I'm finished crying about that. I tried to tell her that maybe she should transfer. She disagreed, <laughs> but... Well. I mean, there's always hope that you could go postgraduate at an actual accredited university. No, I can't. I'm sure, I'm sure Kentucky is a fine institution uh, for the learning disabled. But, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, it's, it's a very, very nice university, and it's got a respected basketball tradition, so I have to give them some respect. And plus, we taught them how to play basketball. Adolf Rupp, uh, their legendary coach at the University of Kentucky, uh, learned how to coach at the University of Kansas under Fog Allen, our legendary right. coach. So it all it all starts in Kansas. We we invented the game. So when it comes to basketball, you know, we're very happy about our children going out into the world and, and succeeding. Right. <laughs> but uh, back to the back. So that's the bragging, Scott. Now I'm back to the humble, Scott. <laughs> and we'll it's talk okay. about um, the golf tournament I do with the the University of Kansas School of Education. I was an education major. I graduated. Uh, with a Bachelor of Science in Education, I was going to teach high school history, government, uh, kind of fight the man, question everything kind of thing, just so that kids uh, could kind of learn. And, you know, this was back when I was idealistic about this. Uh, that's what I was uh, planning on doing is, is getting kids to, to question their own political leanings and, and do they want to just follow what they're being taught in school or are they going to question it and actually do some research and, and figure out uh, what what part of history is, is written by the victors and what part of history is is actually worth looking into to see if there's maybe another perspective besides the victor's perspective, because typically history is written by the victors. But, um, you know, I was planning on graduating and, and doing, going into that. I was uh, just a few credits shy of my master's. I had to do some student teaching, and then I would, would have been a teacher. Uh, but, you know, the dang NBA got in the way. I got drafted in 1997 right after I graduated. How and, dare you uh, do something awesome? 
Gosh. I, I was, <laughs> I was, I, I got delayed or, or, or not delayed, but I got, uh, you know, derailed, I guess is the correct word I'm looking for in the caveman brain and, uh, got over to, uh, the NBA and, and, uh, that, that took its own, uh, career path for me. But, uh, the school of education has always been near and dear to my heart as, as is the rest of the school, uh, at Kansas university. And, um, so a few years back, uh, the, the School of Ed reached out and asked if I would participate in the Gale Sayers School of Education uh, golf tournament. And uh, I said, of course. So I started going, and then the second year, I think, that I was there, they asked, hey, you know, would you mind kind of, you know, putting your name on it and being a part of it? And I said, absolutely. So we've done that, and, and Gale's helped. Uh, Gale Sayers, for those of you who don't know, was a legendary football player at the University of Kansas. Um, and a Chicago Bear. And- and he was a Chicago Bear <laughs> Hall of Famer in eight seasons. You, you know you're doing work if you get a Hall of Fame uh, nod and you only played eight years. Wow, so, that's amazing. Uh, he, he has a phenomenal story, and his health isn't as great as it used to be. He hasn't been able to be at some of the ta- tournaments lately. So I've kind of taken over the tournament and, and uh, all of the funds to this tournament. I don't get a, an appearance fee. I don't take any money personally. I just go to Kansas, uh, and I used to live there. Uh, but now I go into town. To uh, to try to raise funds and all these funds, all this money uh, goes towards multicultural scholarships. That so is some awesome. Of the kids are I'm sorry to interrupt you, Scott. Fans. I apologize. I want to talk more about those scholarships. We have to just take a really quick break, and uh, we are talking to Scott Pollard. You're listening to Raising the Bar, and we will be right back. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. 
The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You're listening to Raising the Bar. We are talking to Scott Pollard. And Scott, I apologize for interrupting you. I don't have manners. So sometimes I just do what I want. So <laughs> I apologize. But we are talking about... We were talking about the scholarships and everything that you're working on with the golf outings with KU, and um, I'm just curious. I, I like, you know, the the opportunities for all types of different kids. I think all students deserve a chance. I have a multicultural family myself, so even though my one um, learning challenge child goes to University of Kentucky, <laughs> my son <laughs> that is Ethiopian, you know, has been able to receive some great scholarships through his hard work and academics and everything. So who knows? Maybe I can shift him toward Kansas. Want to fill us in a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Uh, the, the the golf tournament that we that they do that I've Put a, become a part of. Um, all of the funds go towards multicultural scholarships. So some of the kids are the first one in their family to go to college. I've I've, I've met uh, you know I meet them every year. Some of the some of them, not all of them, end up coming out to the golf tournament every year. But I've met with some of them, uh, and some of them are are able to be at school. They get a little bit of help from home, but they just don't you know they don't have enough time for a job, or they are working a job and and they just still need a little help, or they don't have any help from home. Either way, we, we do our best to fill in the gaps for some of the kids that just otherwise wouldn't have a chance to become teachers. And there's always a teacher shortage. There's always a shortage of good teachers. So uh, I fully believe in, in what we're trying to do, and, and I'm, I'm very happy that this uh, tournament is able to give some kids some opportunities to do something that they really feel passionate about. Because as we all know, teachers don't get into it for the money. Right, and absolutely. So you, you've got to you've got to cultivate that passion in, in children that want to do this, or, or youth and young adults that want to be teachers. And uh, if if we can help create some more great teachers that are able to uh, to get into the field, regardless of the fact that they're never going to be wealthy because of it, mm-hmm. um, that that is something I'm all for. And uh, you know, after a few years of working with the golf tournament, uh, my wife uh, and a friend of mine came up with the, a genius idea to do some more. <laughs> I saw that picture. <laughs> and uh, they created a bowling tournament. And so in the winter in Kansas, uh, for the last two years, we've had Pollard Luau in Larrytown, which makes a lot of sense. You have a luau in the middle of Kansas, in the middle of the country, in the middle of winter. Right. So um, it's, it's quite a good time. And uh, we've done it two years. We sold out this year and set a record. I don't think even the bowl or the golf tournament has made as much money as we made this year. Uh, and it's not a staggering amount of money. But uh, if you're a fan of the Marlins man, uh, Google him if you're not. Marlins mm-hmm. man, I don't know exactly how he spells it on Twitter. I was just going to ask a, you. Okay. He, it's Marlins man. I think there's an underscore in between Marlins and man. Okay. But he's always wearing an orange Marlins shirt and a visor. That's the guy. We, on a lark, just invited him because he was in Kansas City for the Royals uh, World Series title this year. And some friends of friends were like, you should invite the Marlins man. He's all over this type of stuff. Well, he just showed up. And this guy is an amazing guy. I kind of was suspect at first because I was thinking, well, maybe he's just the same guy. He just wants to be, you know, add to his Twitter followers. Nope. This guy is the real deal. He absolutely just wants to help. He literally calls himself the guy that pays it forward because he can and I don't know how he got all of his money. I know that at some point he was a lawyer, but I don't even know his full history. I just heard that there was maybe some kind of health scare in his past, and he just decided, you know what, 
I'm going to help other people. And that's all he does now. He just goes around, he watches sports, and he gives money to good events. And he came in and gave us an amazing auction item. It was a one-of-a-kind Royals World Championship jacket wow. and two tickets to any home game with crown-level access at the Royal Stadium. He was amazing, and so he helped us out. And also my friend Chris Porter, who I alluded to earlier in in the show, is a comedian, and he's from Kansas, and we got to meet each other. Uh, You know, I actually went to one of his shows last year, and we ran into each other, and ever since then we've been texting each other like teenage girls. And... (laughs) We, uh, in fact, my, my teenage girls make fun of me how much I text him. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw you say that on, um, your like exit interview thing after survivor when you were like, it was so nice to not be attached to my phone and to be present in that moment. And, and really all these things that you're telling me and in our conversations that we've had, and you're just like, oh, whatever, but you're doing a lot. And, and one thing that struck me in our conversation about, fatherhood the other day was just um, the sincerity in your voice and the importance of being a great dad and being present. And then when I heard you speak about your own dad and his drive and, and our, you know, that he was always a provider and then losing him so young and what that did for you, I just want you to know, like, as an outsider that, that has just met you, like, you're doing a really good job. And I don't know if that sounds stupid or those are trite words or whatever, and I don't really care, but I feel like it's good for you to hear that everything you do is noticed and not noticed because like way to go high five you're Scott Pollard, but you are serving so many people and leaving such an impression for these kids that couldn't teach or didn't have an opportunity or doing hilarious things like bowling in the middle of winter. And I totally want to go to that. Can I have bumpers though? I need to know about that. And, <laughs> you know, I just, um, it's awesome. And I like, I love actually that your wife is so on board and supporting all these things you do. So I just, I just wanted to recognize that and well, thank say, you very say much. good it, job. It, it does feel good <laughs> to hear because there are, there are always ongoing issues. I, I do mm-hmm. have an ex and uh, there's always ongoing issues with that. And, and uh, some of the things that get said to the kids uh, are, are not fair and not fun, but uh, you know, it's, it's something that uh, I, I've, uh, like I said on that, exit interview you're you're referring to i i was taught by my father to to just be a provider and and you suck it up and i don't want to live in indiana i don't have roots here i don't enjoy living in indiana there's great people here it's nothing against indiana it's just not home i didn't choose to live here but uh i do have joint custody with my three kids and Mm -hmm. they switch houses every every week and that's why i live in indiana is for my kids and they they live, we live, I live in the same neighborhood with the house I bought my first wife. Right. Um, and they just get off on a different bus stop every, every Monday and it works out very well. And we we're doing our best with that, but. Well, um, it's interesting. I actually lived you. in that same town and, uh, <laughs> I lived there for a year and it, even though I wasn't very far from Chicago, it wasn't home and it's a beautiful town. I was, I think, geez, where was I? It was like 10 years. I think I was at 131st in town line. So you'll know where that's oh, at. Oh, wow. Okay, You're, so we're twenty blocks north of me. I live right near one hundred sixth in town. Oh, holy crap! That's funny. So, yeah, that's, so yeah, that's, I know exactly where you're at, and it's a beautiful place. But right when it doesn't feel like home, whatever. But you know what? It is home. That's where your kids are. That's where your new life is. So I wish you guys the best. And you'll, knowing you, you'll probably be all over the place before you know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we the the dream was to retire and, and be sedentary and, and raise my puppies in Kansas, and, and life is what happens when you make a plan. <laughs> you say puppies, but let's talk about this weird cat. 
because oh. <laughs> my monkey, my my monkey is uh, he's a confused cat for sure. This guy, he's a bald cat. They're called Sphinks. And, right, they're uh, so ugly. They're so cute. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. If you're an Austin Powers fan, he was the cat. That <laughs> they called him Mr. Bigglesworth in that movie. So it's not the same cat, but it's that breed. And my my dude Monkey, he he is confused himself. He's, his name is Monkey because he's always crawling around on stuff. He's always uh, crawling around on us. And and it's funny. I guess it's a breed trait because we did some research on him before we got him. But um, they're a really new breed. They were they were a mistake in like the '60s. There was one cat that was just kind of born bald, and then unfortunately, that's like within every purebred uh, right. animal. You know, they inbreed them to get the characteristics they want. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I'm I'm not one of those people that rescues animals. I'm sorry, but I'm it's not okay. sorry about that. It's okay. There's plenty. It's a great cause, and I love that people do that. I'm just not one of them. Um, but uh, this cat is 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 a product of of you know we wanted him and we went and bought him. But uh, he, this dude, he's confused. He's he's always crawling <laughs> around, howls all the time like a monkey. The cows are hilarious. They they literally sound like monkeys. And he just jumps around on stuff, and he's bald, and he rides around on your shoulder uh, like a parrot. He's just—he's a, a very confused cat, he, and he follows you around. He plays fetch like a dog. He's—he's um, he's kind of an all-in-one animal, except for he doesn't throw his feces, so that's cool. I'm glad he doesn't fling poop, and I'm also glad he doesn't shed. You know, yeah. and I—I I do love um, animal rescue and all that, and I've had guests on the show that do that. I am also one of those weirdos that purchases dogs. In fact. The dog I have now, the father was dead for like 18 years and they were like Petri dish baby making to get his litter. So it is what it is and people can judge me and it's fine. Anyhow, (laughs) I think you should take like a little, a picture, like wrap up the baby, swaddle up the baby and swaddle up the cat and put them next to each other and see if people can pick who's who. Oh, if you don't think that's happening, you're very wrong. We've actually considered getting the cat his own Twitter page because he's just, my my wife loves taking <laughs> pictures of him. And, you know, maybe it's the Asian in her. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> she is always, I'm, you know, I'm joking about that. She uh, she loves taking pictures of him. So I'm sure very, very soon, as soon as that baby's home, uh, the, the human baby, he'll be in a lot of photos with the monkey. Yes. I, let's talk about your wife for a minute. How did you meet her? <laughs> well, how did she decide that she could deal with you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we met actually quite a long time ago. I okay. was uh, I was not a good husband to my first wife, and uh, there was there was issues in in my first marriage. That I did not me. mean to open up a can of worms with that. By the way, <laughs> no, it's okay. We're okay. very honest about it. Some people want to keep secrets, but we are very honest. We tell our friends about it. Uh, when our kids are old enough, we will be telling the kids the truth. Right. So if they happen to hear this, they'll hear it. But um, the, we we met when I was married, and I 100% know in my heart that we wouldn't have met had everything going well in my marriage. Right. Uh, but we did meet in Denver. That's where my wife is from. Uh, we were in the same place at the same time, and it was, you know, lightning strikes, and you, you know that on the one hand, it's very wrong, but on the one hand, it's very, very right. And um, so that basically was was a meeting that happened. And then there are many, many t- times where we were, you know, it wasn't a torrid thing where it was just all all the time keeping in contact. There was years at times where we did not 
contact each other or, or uh, interact with each other at all. Uh, but then um, uh, when I got divorced, uh, I got divorced and I tried to keep reach out to her and say, hey, I'm, I'm divorced. Uh, let's, you know, let's, let's try this. And she was getting married. Oh, and so great. she broke off contact and, she, and, and of course I left her alone to, to pursue right. her marriage and, and it lasted about a year and a half. And then, uh, well, there's another whole long story that I, 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 mean, I don't need to go into. I don't mind going into. And you only have like three minutes, so I yeah. know. So <laughs> we can pick let's back not, up. Let's not go into that part. But anyway, <laughs> the long story short is uh, she married a man that is, is a, was a good man and a good friend of hers. Uh, but it wasn't what she pictured and, and wanted out of out of her marriage. And uh, then she got divorced, and we finally uh, got together, and we were married quickly after that, after she got divorced. She got divorced, uh, engaged, and married, and moved in the same year. So it was a uh, She gets crap done. Good job, Dawn. Yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> we were very much in love, and, it, and it's not like we just met each other. We've known each other for a while. But, uh, you know, I have a nickname for her because of the way we met and the way we feel about each other moving forward. And her nickname is June uh, because, like Johnny Cash and June Carter met when they were both with other people or in and out of relationships. And then when they finally got together, they stayed together for the rest of their lives and died within a few months of each other. And uh, we're hoping that that's the way our love affair goes for the rest of our lives, that uh, we're together until we're very, very old and and neither one of us leaves the other one alone for very long after after passing. You know, I hope that too. And I and I, um, you know, whatever. There, this show is no place for judgment. And again, we don't really care because it's our conversation. But you know, I love that. Uh, I'm a hopeless romantic at heart too. So I, you know, as as hard as the things are for the other people that it affects, ultimately, that makes me so happy to hear. And I appreciate you sharing it. I really do. And it makes me even. More excited than for Friday for the baby because it was, it's just so long awaited. And I think so many people on this earth spend their lives um, choosing to be miserable in many ways because they think they have to do the quote unquote right thing. So, you know, sorry for all the bullshit, for lack of a better word, that you guys had to navigate through, but I'm really happy that it worked out. Not that you need my well, blessing, but there you go. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, no, I was one of those people that was choosing to just stay in a relationship uh, that, that wasn't right for me. And uh, that's not to mean that she's a bad person. No, we just brought out the bad, the bad in each other. Uh, it, was, it was wrong, and it's still, there's a, still a lot of, of issues and things that we have to work through that I'm trying to, uh, to get through, and, and we're, we're trying to be better, but... Uh, when only one par- person wants to get along, that's that's rough, and it's hard on the kids, and that's all I care about is trying to make the kids happy, and that's why I'm trying to get along with somebody that doesn't want to get along with me. Right, and I gave you my counseling session on that as the daughter of you, and you're welcome <laughs> for that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you're welcome. <laughs> in, these last, in these last few minutes, just before we go to break, too, um, you know, I just, I don't know, now I got all sidetracked by sap, emotion, romance, and children. I have to regroup here. <laughs> but We've covered let, a lot of ground, shared a few laughs. Oh, yeah. It was like coffee talk. Coffee talk with Scott Follett. 
How do you like that? <laughs> you know, we're just going to go ahead and go to break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about um, some ghostwriting, some movie stuff, some TV appearances and all that th- stuff. So you're listening to Raising the Bar. We're chatting with Scott Pollard and we will be right back. Think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You are here today listening with me and my co-host, not my guest, Scott Pollard. I think that we should actually have a show. What do you think? I'm sold. Let's do this thing. You, me, and Jeremy Bornman. Because you get that guy in a role, forget it. It's ridiculous. And and possibly a glass or or something or a bottle, maybe. Right. You know, and there is a guy on YouTube um, with a show called Wine About It. And it's probably one of the most hysterical things you'll see. So if you haven't looked him up, he does have a Facebook page. So because I know you talked about not really having anything to do on your weeks off from the kids because you're a slug and you just sit around. <laughs> but yeah, really, before Friday, before you're like um, distracted by this baby thing that's happening, watch that. It's it's really funny. And I think shows with wine can sometimes be a great thing. And I know, you know, this show, the purpose of it is to talk about the great things people are doing to, you know, better themselves or better the lives of others. But I feel like wine is makes a lot of people better. It, it, it does certainly seem to loosen lips and, uh, <laughs> and, well, I just mean in a good way. The, the, the thing about wine, being tipsy on wine, or, or if you want to say you're drunk on wine, 
that's different than maybe, say, other alcohols. I, I think there's a difference. You know, when you see people acting crazy and wild and you're thinking, okay, maybe that's tequila. Or right, people are getting right. just sloppy and, and slurring all over. Maybe that's vodka or one of the other uh, harsh beverages. But with wine, in my experience, you tend to get a little bit more of a mellow buzz where you're just having a conversation and right. you're not getting all crazy. Nobody's really chugging bottles of wine, right? I mean, I've never seen it. And I drink a fair amount of red well, wine. Well, Boone's myself. Farm, you could chug some Boone's Farm or you could like get one of those boxes and just lay under the tapper. Oh, that's something that sounds like a headache in a box. <laughs> there were some rough times in my life. We're not going to talk about 2009. <laughs> and, the, and the wine hiding in the toy box. Well, now I'm talking about it. So th- in my own little rough patches, I went through a time when I had just gotten on Facebook. So I was reconnecting with a lot of friends and I would spend my evenings after my husband and my kids would go to bed and I would enjoy a bottle of wine, which I'm sure was not very expensive. And then I thought to myself, God, I don't want them to know I'm drinking a bottle of wine every night. So I totally pulled the Desperate Housewives thing where I would have a stock in the toy box in the garage. And then I would um, replace the bottle on the counter. It was awesome. And then I, and nice. I thought, yeah, it was that's, awesome. It was uh, you a know, that's a sign of, of an alcoholic when you're hiding it, right? Right. And you know what else was the, the sign that said maybe I should stop? And then, and then it went to a little bit of day drinking. And this was like a pretty short period of time. And then one afternoon, I was looking for a champagne cork underneath the trampoline and because I, I was having mimosas that day because I was feeling fancy. It was probably a Friday. I have no idea. And I was like, I think I need to do something with my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so actually, in that moment, I decided like, you know what? I am. And I started working out and I was jogging for a while before I kind of got into the weightlifting figure competing thing. And I spent my days thinking about like what I could do to be better. And that's actually how I started my foundation for uh, orphan care. It came that out of it, it came out of recovery from day drinking. So there, well, everybody. Good for you because that's <laughs> good for you for recognizing it, though. I mean, so many people, when they get to a level where they're, they don't even realize they're having a problem and then they start blaming other people. They right. start blaming, well, it's because you're a jerk, or it's because my job is this, or it's because my spouse is this. And mm-hmm. they blame, and they blame, and they get in that spiral, and they can't get out of it. So congratulations for recognizing <laughs> that you had hit the limit, and you thought, you know what? I'm going to fix this. And you looked within instead of looking to blame. That's Congratulations for that, literally. Oh, I guess well, thank you. Like, I... we're, we're having a big uh, breakthrough we're having breakthroughs. This is yeah. and this is this is good. You know, my experience, you know, alcoholism was something that was huge in my family on both sides, and I did. I, I mean, that I'm actually staring at the trampoline out my back window right now, so I'm having a moment. But I feel like I was like, I don't want to be like that. I'm not going to be like that. And so my whole life, from a little girl, I knew I wanted to adopt a big kid from Ethiopia. Like, that's a whole other story. So we had adopted our son in 2007. You know, he's awesome. I mean, awesome. Anybody that ever is afraid to do things for bigger kids or or kids in general, like, you got to just do it. Because I will tell you, adopting our son added hysterical chaos to our life, just as with any uh, any, any uh, child to your, to your life. But... Um, I would not be the same person. I would not be on the show. I would not be trying to figure out how to do fundraisers. And I'm sure I'm going to pick your brain about that at some point. But, you know, it was great. And I looked at myself like, okay, I did something I wanted to do since I was eight years old. And now I'm sitting under a trampoline. Like, that's what, the, what is that? I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I will do a drunk ass wine show with you. <laughs> 
Okay. Circling back. <laughs> Within limits, I guess. We'll just Within. It's a one-bottle show. <laughs> per person? Yes, of course. I actually so think, think that show, yeah, I think I that show, line. actually, we should go to Phoenix and do that one live in With front of each other. <laughs> that would be funny versus us just getting drunk alone at home. Because then again, there lies the problem. Yes, then, it, then, it's a, then that's a sign. Like, well, that you're is. drinking alone at home in the dark. Uh-oh. Right. Oh, God. Okay, I digress. So let's talk about um, We Love Wine. I read, I, was, I thought it was interesting that you were, write, you were a ghost writer in a book about your NBA experience, and we had talked about, you know, um, some movie things you're working on. Would you like to talk about that, or is this a secret I just blew out of the water again? No, no, no secrets. I, I, I pretty much everything that I mention in, in public, I'm willing to talk about. Sometimes things pop up, but this is not one of them that, I, that I'm uncomfortable talking about. And I, don't, I can't even think of anything right off the top of my head that I'd be uncomfortable talking about. Yeah, you uh, but, don't seem the type at all, especially with our first yeah. text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the ghostwriting, I'm still looking for a ghostwriter. I've talked to a few um, as far as writing my own book, and also with the involvement with the TV show that I, that's still going on. I don't want to have to involve CBS, so right. we're just kind of waiting until that's over with, okay. and then. Uh, you know, I can do whatever, which brings me to what I can talk about very clearly and openly is I made a movie. Uh, it's called The Association, and it's by no means a biography, and by no means is it a basketball movie, and by no means is it a comedy. It is... Uh, it Does is, it suck? It's, well, it, it did at first, <laughs> but we're editing it around, and, and the, the problem, the, I think the biggest problem with this movie is that I'm the lead character, so the acting is suspect at best. From, it's be from me. But uh, the rest of the actors in the movie are very, very good. Um, they, they did their best to make me look like I could actually act in front of a camera. Uh, and the movie is loosely based on my life, but mm-hmm. it is not a biography. There's, there's stories that are wrapped up into the main character, um, which I play, uh, that are coming from people I played with. Some of them come from my personal life, but it's... it's uh, it's about an NBA player dealing with the league and being, being a professional athlete and his, his personal life. And what's going on in basketball right now has been going on and unfortunately is, is going to continue to go on. Uh, but I don't want to give it away. But we're, yeah, we, we made the uh-huh. movie um, about two years ago. We finished up filming. And uh, now it, it's been editing, and I had to put it on hot, on hold because of the TV show, because of Survivor, uh, but which has turned out to be great, uh, I think, because in the meantime, my director, who wrote the screenplay of my movie, uh, he, did a, he did another movie called Sh- uh, Chirac, which is based in Chicago, and they're calling it, uh, I don't know if you heard of it, uh, but it was a Spike Lee movie. Uh, my my friend and my director Kevin Wilmot actually wrote the screenplay for that movie, and John Cusack was in it. Uh, oh wow! Made it. And uh, it was released last fall, and that's going well. So his star has risen. He's had a couple of movies in Sundance, but this one is looking to be a uh, one of his biggest movies yet. And uh, his star is up, and my my star is back up from you know being you know after the NBA. It's not a surprise, but other people would be surprised how quickly you become nobody again. Um, but, uh, you know, so because of Survivor, we've both got, or I've got, and he's got because of his personal projects, we've got kind of a, uh, coming together of, of, of a groundswell of attention. And hopefully that'll help us get this movie, uh, over the top and into some festivals. 
and uh, get some buzz around it and see if we can. Uh, my my goal with this movie is is honestly and always has been. Uh, I've got an interesting story. I've got a unique perspective on where I came from and and getting into the NBA and and my side stories uh, that that we've talked about a few of them. But mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that I don't know if I want to write a book. Uh, I think it'd be best served to do a, a TV show with series, uh, a series that was dedicated to not just my stories, like I said, but other guys that I've played with and, and their perspective, kind of like Entourage, where there's four or five characters um, that could go off and have an episode that's bo- mostly about them, but I can tell stories that I couldn't really tell very accurately in a book, uh, and and to save some of the relationships I have with my friends and former teammates that I don't want to write a book and throw people under a bus and say, Hey, Absolutely. this is what happened to this guy. If I make the mo- if I make a TV show, I made the movie. So the goal of my movie is to, to hopefully get to that end point where somebody looks at that movie and goes, wow, this is a good story. We can do it better and either makes a better movie out of it. Or somebody, you know, is, is contacts me and says, Hey, you know, do you have more where this came from? And I do, I have a, a lifetime of, of stories where this came from. Uh, that I can make into, uh, I, I could have a series go for a long, long time. And so that's Well, I think uh, the, the comic part of you, too, is so key in that. Yeah. You know, I think we take and, our experiences and just, um, I know my girlfriend and I have always talked about, you know, and I'm not an NBA star. I know that's hard to believe, but like I've always, we've always <laughs> talked about writing this book just from our own experiences uh, through, you know, different people's perspectives on failed marriages and what we've gone through as a kid and all this stuff. And, you know, we would call it, you know, laugh at that, which you cannot handle. You you know, if you don't laugh, like you'll collapse. So interestingly, I I think that would be very funny to watch you on the entourage. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, that's the end result. But anyway, the movie, the association is a drama. It is, it's not a, a a feel good movie of the year. It's, um, you're, you're, Hopefully the goal is to to watch this movie as a, for non-sports fans to watch this movie and actually learn a little bit of, about what actually happens in in sports to and it's most sports but obviously we focus on basketball uh, what is happening to some of the youth that's going on uh, and and how certain certain guys get exploited and certain guys get taken advantage of and and it's uh, there's an underbelly that that maybe the professional sports leagues don't want you to see that is going on. So it's a little bit of that. And, and, uh, it hopefully gets into, uh, like I said, something that turns into a TV show because I would love to have put more levity, uh, comedy, you know, stuff that's more me into this movie. But as it, as we filmed it and as it went along, it just turned and we had to cut out the funny parts because they just didn't have a place in this movie. Right. Uh, so it's, it's become a drama and it is, uh, it's, it's, I, it's not a basketball movie, but it, I'm, I'm hoping that people look at it and it makes them think. I think that sounds great. And so when the release date gets closer, I want to make sure that I kind of stay in contact with you because I know I'd be really curious to see that as as many of our listeners, you know. And so the last few moments, uh, anybody that has missed any of you on Survivor can actually, you can you can go on CBS.com and watch that and people can catch up on that. I think you are... Oh my gosh, I almost just said the weirdest thing. I must have called you a treasure. <laughs> and I bet only your mom says stuff like that. But, you know, you do have such an interesting story. Your sense of humor is great. You're very easy to talk to. Um, I would, 
yeah, I'd be very curious to hear more about the golf outing stuff and Luau and Larrytown. And when does that event take place, by the way? Well, we haven't set a date. Uh, we just set a date for the golf tournament. Uh, we haven't set a date for the next Luau. And actually, we might be changing formats for the Luau um, because of the School of Education and because there are potential feelings involved with having a luau and certain cultures, and we okay. certainly don't want to offend anybody, and it being okay. a state institution, we may end up changing the format where it's just a, a theme party that you get to dress up. But we do have, uh, we will keep having the same awards for uh, best costume, best team costume, because we, we make it fun. It's fun first, and we don't want to in- offend anybody, so if, if we okay. end up... Okay, but it'll uh, stay bowling. It from, uh, it'll still be bowling, it'll still be that, but it'll be... We usually do it around the end of January. The two years we've done it, it's, it's around the January. We'll probably pick the best basketball game on the schedule at home and work it around that weekend because there's a lot of people that come in town for those games. But as far as the golf tournament, I believe we're at September 24th this year. And, uh, again, it's in Lawrence, Kansas. So if you're, in the, if you're a listener and you're in the area, um, we're, we're making strides and making the golf tournament more and more fun every year. The bowling was ours from minute one, so that one was been, has been fun from minute one. But uh, the, the, the golf has been a little bit slower to turn around and to be uh, becoming a, a more fun event for everybody to be involved in, and we're doing it. It's getting a lot, lot more fun, and both of them are still for the same great, great cause. That's awesome, and I really look forward to hearing more about that. Now, anybody that needs to find you again can look for Scott Pollard on Twitter at at ScottPollard31. Remember, there's only one T in Scott because his mom doesn't like him. You can also continue to um, try to keep up to date at PlanetPollard.com. I know you said you need to uh, add to that, so we will be looking for more hairstyle pictures and updates on all the things that you're working on. Now, you'll also release any information about your movie probably over Twitter. Twitter or your Facebook page and your website, correct? correct. Absolutely. Uh, probably okay. Twitter first. Um, it's the easiest one to, to get information out. And, and uh, I tend to tweet out a lot of stuff when I end up doing appearances or stuff. So sometimes I get closer to the, to the day of and I'll, I'll tweet out like, hey, I'm going to be here. Or, hey, I'm going to be there. But, Perfect. Uh, yeah, if people follow me on Twitter, that's the best way to figure out what I'm up to and who, who, I'm, who I'm working for or working with or whatever because uh, I'm always trying to make sure that uh, – I give more than I got, and I got a lot. That's awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to keep in touch with you and look forward to our our wine day, or I mean our, <laughs> and um, I thank you so much for being on the show. You're listening to Raising the Bar. Again, if you've got any questions for Scott, you can follow him on Twitter. You can also probably find him on Instagram, even though he spends too much time on his social media, or email me at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. And until next time, keep it you know, safe guys, no wine, no trampolines. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 